welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with Chef Abby Gelman, a registered dietitian and owner of her own culinary business. She specializes in culinary nutrition education, culinary nutrition media, and educating other professionals in this evolving space. Please enjoy my conversation with Abby. I mean, we met, it was back in October on a little crop trip, which was super awesome to meet you and I didn't realize the expansiveness of your business and all the crazy, amazing things that you're doing. So I can't wait to talk to you about that. But first, I want to know, you know, kind of tell me your journey into dietetics and into culinary and how you found that to be your passion. My journey is kind of long, so I'll... (laughs) I won't won't give you the full version, Um, but it's kind of interesting because when you, you're like, wait, what? And then you hear it and it makes sense. So I was a hotelier at Cornell for undergrad for my bachelor's degree. And I, which is basically, that's the hotel school at Cornell. It's a business school if you're an undergrad for the most part. So I worked in restaurants and hotels when I was in high school and then decided that's what I wanted to do was do hospitality. So I went to school there. I was good at finance and all the business classes were revolved around the hotel and restaurant industry. And while Mm -hmm. I was there, we had to take a cooking class and I really enjoyed it. And it was like food science, but also actual, we had cooking lab, but everything we did was very rich, very French based, very um, heavy. And so my one of my friends when I was a freshman was pre-med and she was taking, she was going to take a nutrition 101 course. And I was like, let me just take this with you. So I ended up with a thousand kids taking this nutrition 101 class and they were all bio or pre-med or something. And I, there was me, the hotelie and didn't know anything (laughs) about the human body. (laughs) So like I had to learn all about the human body. And I said, well, this is pretty awesome, but I'm not changing my major. And then I kind of like kept on my path, graduated and moved to New York City and did um, hospitality, like financial and operational consulting and was kind of like, I'm always thinking about food. I kept going back and obsessively looking at like the NYU and Columbia University nutrition programs um, Mm -hmm. and thinking about food. So I ended up, um, I was probably like 24. I went to culinary school. Instead of going to get my MBA, I said, I'm going to go to culinary school. I keep thinking about food. Let's see what happens. So I did that. And I worked in some restaurants in New York and realized that working in restaurants is pretty terrible, especially in New York when you're in the kitchen. Went back to what I was doing before. So was doing more consulting, but food beverage companies. Mm-hmm. And then went to Wall Street and covered restaurants. And then again, working like 100 hours a week and just miserable. So in 2007, I had gotten married. I was pregnant and I was working at Goldman Sachs like 100 hours a week and said, this is terrible. Oh and my. quit, like quit while I was pregnant. 
Just and said, screw it. I'm done. <laughs> I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I'll never see my kid. I'm chained to a desk. Like, there's got to be something better. So I left mm-hmm. and then everything blew up. Like, that's when Bear Stearns and Lehman Brothers, like, dissolved. Oh. And yeah. So I was like, oh, well, that was a good timing. And then <laughs> my daughter was born. And I said, you know, what? I'm going to go back to school for nutrition because there's got to be a way to cook that's healthy. Like, why is all the cooking that I've done terrible or like you know just you can't it's not a way of life it's not a day-to-day it's like a buttery luxury you know yeah exactly so i ended up switching then so i was 11 years out of college and i went back and did all my dpd credits at um a college in new york city and then went to teachers college columbia university for my master's And had already worked in restaurants and all that stuff. So when I was there, I found out from like meeting new friends and all the dietetic students that nobody really cooks, that it was a very small percentage of us who actually knew how to cook and wanted to cook and had a culinary angle. So that's when I decided like, well, this is what I'm going to do. That's, that's the short version. (laughs) That's the short version. That is, well, and I'm sure, I mean, I think again, like you said, like, restaurant hospitality it's kind of glamorous when you're kind of going through school and then once you kind of actually physically have to work in it it's not glamorous at all yeah and it's nights and weekends and holidays and you're getting paid you know minimum wage to do a grill line it's pretty bad how was culinary school was that easy for you tough for you did you feel like it was easy because you really were passionate about it I enjoyed it. I thought it was on the easier side, partly because a lot of the stuff that they were teaching, I had already done because I did Mm. take cooking in college. It wasn't obviously a whole year, like a real culinary school, but a lot of the, the like, you know, mother sauces and here are the basics of cooking and some of that stuff I had already done. And I cooked all the time myself anyway, but the, the professional kitchen side of things that took a little bit longer because then, and there's more in terms of like perfection and you have to dice it a certain size and, and a lot more pressure because you're on the line or you're, you know, it's a lot more around getting stuff done and out the door. It's pretty, it could be pretty stressful, but I, I really enjoyed it a lot. Do you miss it at all? Sometimes. Um, When I first finished my internship, I had a job that was a consulting company, but it was tied to a restaurant and in the, it was a Mm. fine dining restaurant that had a chef and a dietitian in the kitchen together. And I was in the consulting arm. So I was able to go to the restaurant and kind of cook in a professional kitchen every once in a while. And that's where I did recipe development. So it was nice to be there sometime, but yeah. Yeah. But now I don't get to do it very much unless I have a client who is in food service. So I do miss it a little bit, but it can be just stressful. a little. Just a little. <laughs> just I a do little. like cooking at home whenever I want. <laughs> right. Oh, sure. It probably frees up so much more time to actually do that at home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So why yeah. did you decide to get your master's? Because I mean, you, I mean, you didn't have to get your master's, did you at the time? It, I kind of did because I already had a bachelor's degree. So if I, okay. it, that was, it was almost like 
my choice of where to go back. Do it. It. Exactly. Yeah. Like I would have had to, to get my bachelor's, I probably would have spent the same amount of time and not gotten a master's out of it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it was probably the whole thing probably took me about four years because I did the New York Presbyterian hospital internship, which was a full year, full time DI. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a lot. All time. Was it all clinical then? Were you, were yeah. you mostly clinical? Yeah. Yeah. I was mostly clinical. We were in the hospital system here. And then they just sent us through on rotations and um, the food service was at the hospital, but it gave me a good idea of what the hospital's like and how to apply it from a culinary perspective. And also now I know I you know, like I knew I didn't want to work in a hospital after that too. Mm-hmm. Food service in a hospital, I'm sure is much, I mean, there's still a culinary aspect to food service in a hospital, but it's not like working in a restaurant food service type of situation. Oh yeah. Totally different. I actually, when I was younger and was like, I'm going to change the hospital food system. I would have loved <laughs> to have gone in and, and actually like made it better because there was mm-hmm. a lot of it's like a cafeteria style. There was a lot of processed food. The things that special diets, even like diabetes, still got like packaged muffins and bagels and all this stuff. It didn't jive very well, but that's, you know, that's a whole other. Yeah, that is a whole, <laughs> a whole other, other ball of wax. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I figured get people before they're in the hospital, hopefully, or after right. they're out of the hospital. Mm-hmm. Right. I like that mindset too. I kind of was drawn to more of that before they get sick kind of thing. So yeah, hopefully. Mm-hmm. So when you got done with your internship, what did the job landscape look like for you? Cause like you said, there wasn't a lot dietitian culinary. So that was probably pretty foreign to people when it came yeah. to job opportunities. I got lucky because there was, there's very few jobs that I could have where I would get paid a salary. Like most of my stuff, I really have to hustle and figure out what I'm selling and do it on my own. Just because of that fact, a lot of the, the like corporate jobs for a, a, you know, a hospital or corporate in a, you know, like a Goldman Sachs building that has restaurant associates mm-hmm. or something, maybe they have a dietitian, but those weren't culinary jobs. Those were simply food service jobs. So okay. there was it doesn't exist really anymore, but at the time there was a fine dining restaurant in New York that had come over from Belgium and it was a chef and a dietitian in the kitchen. And then they had a consulting arm that did um, nutrition analysis, created healthy menus. They did a lot of work with universities and um, a couple cruise ships and some new, at least in New York city, there's, a lot more healthier restaurant options. So they did some work with that kind of thing. So I got a job there, um, which was great. So I had the job before I even graduated the internship. So I kind of moved right into it, which was good. Yeah, I got lucky. So I was able to, I was there for a year. Um, There were two of us who were culinary and had gone to culinary school and worked in restaurants and were dietitians. And then there were two dietitians who were, who had an interest in culinary, but were not culinary. Um, Hmm. And then because I had the business background and everything, I also got to be a project manager and kind of run projects. 
which was You're fun. like the full package. Dude, Dude I, are like have, the I have it all. Now. I got it all, girl. You do. Everyone should be hiring <laughs> me for everything. <laughs> Good. Because you do. I mean, like, those are all very important, you know, assets that you have. Finance, you've got the culinary, and you have the nutrition expertise. I think it's, I think I have a good package. Yeah, <laughs> I'll pat you on the back. You are. You're a great package. <laughs> <laughs> I just need everybody else to know that that has money to hire people. Yes, yes. <laughs> and there's people out there that do exactly. I just have to get them to. I just have to meet them all. Um, yeah, we'll we'll make it happen. <laughs> Abby's worldwide tour, meet and greet. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> um, I did that for a year and then went out on my own maybe a little bit over a year later because um, they ended up closing the restaurant and decided to try to reopen it someplace else. But then whatever, it doesn't matter. There was, there was a whole thing. So I said, well, I can just go and try to do this on my own. So I essentially hung out a shingle the next day um, and started, like I spent a year, the first year I had been working with a physician with the company and she just hired me separately. So I had worked the first year, which was great, but then I needed to figure out what I was selling in addition to that. So where am I? I'm in year like five. I've been on my own for five and a half years. So it took, okay. It took the year two and three. Like I ended up working per diem at a hospital and really doing a lot of private chef work and networking and going to conferences and trying to meet companies and PR people and other dietitians who were on their own and really like figuring out what I was selling. So year four and five um, look a lot different than the first three years, but it's always constantly evolving. You know, so that's when you're so when you started your business, I mean, like when you started your business, you kind of were doing all that work for the previous company. So you kind of yeah. transitioned into working with that position. Yep. And then your what was your kind of your goal then? Was it like, I want to do culinary slash nutrition with other professionals? I mean, like, how did you kind of decide what route and where did you decide to go find these people? I mean, how difficult was that for you? In the beginning or not? I mean, it's <laughs> probably the, both. But like in the beginning, I would think it'd be really hard since you're kind of a newer dietitian. You're yeah. also, you know, you don't know a lot about, you know, companies and like what they're willing to support. And yeah, that type of stuff. Um, yeah, certainly in the beginning, it was a lot harder. So I joined one thing that was super helpful was I joined the DPG for Nutrition Entrepreneurs. So I was on the executive board. So I okay. was able to go to Fancy then um, and have most of it paid for. And then met a lot of other dietitians, especially in the New York City area, who also had their own businesses, weren't necessarily culinary, but had their own businesses. So suddenly I was able to meet people and interact with people about social media because that was new to me. I'm Gen X and like I... I do all of it, but I hate it so much. So, you know, like I, uh, learning how to do Instagram and Facebook for a business and all of that stuff was like an uphill batter battle for me. So in the beginning I did 
a lot of that, just like putting myself out there, trying to meet people, figuring out almost like who my people were. And then through mm-hmm. that, I met Julie Harrington, who lives in Jersey, but she also has a culinary background. So she and I started trying to talk about things that we had interest in and eventually started working together on some stuff. Um, but I, I also got divorced. So I had a daughter who at this point in time was like six years old and I was hustling for her. Right. So I had to figure out how to make money. So some people do private counseling to get cash flow. And I started doing private chef work to get cash flow. So I ended up calling a bunch of private practice RDs in Manhattan and said, this is what I do. If you have any clients that you think would want um, private Mm -hmm. chef services that are based on health issues, let me know. And now I have three RDs who send me people. And I still have some of those people cooking for them now years later. And I only do health issues really. Um, And I never have had to advertise that ever. So like, that's kind of, yeah, that's like become the constant cash flow, I guess. And then just over time, I learned like what happens in the RD media world or brand sponsorship or whatever. And then I do stuff for free. I do a lot of stuff for free and I feel like it's all about relationships. So if someone likes you and you do good work and you're not gouging them on pricing, then they'll come back to you is kind of my thought process, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was working with that Which a doctor, lot of people would, yeah, a lot of people would disagree with that. Cause you know, like there's that controversy of don't do things for free, but yeah. I feel like when you're you when you're your own business, you have to put yourself out there and create yeah. those connections. Like I that. agree, I agree, and I know mm-hmm. that like we could probably talk about this forever. There's a lot of people who say don't ever work for free, but I think a couple things. I think I mean I spent ten years working in finance, and if you're working a hundred hours a week. You're putting in your dues, and I feel like. Mm-hmm what I hear a lot is people not wanting to pay their dues and just expecting to walk into um, getting paid without having to prove themselves or showing that they can do quality work. And I don't agree with that at all. Like you you have to prove your worth. Um, But like I have relationships now where in the beginning I was like, yeah, sure. I'll, I just did a, I just did a recipe for this. I'll put it up and tag you. You don't have to pay me anything. And now maybe a year later, they hire me for work. That's paying work, That's awesome. you know? Yeah. Cause they um, remember that they're like, exactly. Oh, she did this awesome thing for us. So exactly. We'll do, we'll pay her back, pay it forward. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Or they're a PR firm. Like I'm working with the, or maybe I did a solid for a, a, one of the people who works at the PR company. And they remember me when somebody else is another client is looking for somebody. And then they mm-hmm. refer me for that job. So it kind of all. So do you get a lot of do you get a lot of like referrals based on just the connections that you've made with various people? I think so. I do, and yeah. I also do like I do the produce for better health. I'm an ambassador for them, and that's free. We all do that for free. And they asked us to come back, and this year we're on year two, and they're asking me to do things that are paid. So that's awesome, you know, yeah. because I think. 
I like you can catch more flies with honey. Like that's obviously a saying, but I think it's true. Like if you're a diva or you have high demands and you haven't proven why you should receive whatever it is you're asking for, like I wouldn't hire you. I want to enjoy, <laughs> you know, like I want to enjoy who I'm working with. So doesn't everybody, mm-hmm. right? So like if you mm-hmm. act like a jerk and you say, well, I'm a dietitian and even though I'm still in school or I just graduated and you have to pay me this much money, like, well, I'm going to find this other person because I know that they do right. good work and, you know, whatever, if that makes sense. It totally makes sense. It does. And especially like, in your area where you want to work with brands and you want to work with companies and you want to make that part of your business. Right. You, that's not, that's not a place you can have that kind of attitude. <laughs> no. And also like, well, when you're on your own, you got to hustle when you're starting out, you got to make the relationships. And for me, I decided to do video because mm-hmm. I was, I was seeing some video. I started a few years ago and I was seeing some video, but it wasn't a lot. And a lot of people still are trying to do it themselves. So the quality wasn't good, I guess you could say, or or as as good as it could be. So I ended up, like, I prefer to take a risk and try something and see if it works. And then you see what happens. So I ended up hiring a private video guy who was also starting out at the time and tried to, and sold like one video job. And now it's been like two and a half years and we film every month and he and I have both kind of grown together. But in the beginning, especially, I wasn't charging a fortune for videos. We just wanted to sell something. Mm-hmm. So like, you have, exactly. So I think that I think it's an important skill to be able to price things based on not just what you think your worth is, but what you're trying to get out of it. So you could think you're worth $10,000 for, you know, one video, for example, but if you haven't done any videos or you're new at it and you're just trying to sell and get your work out there, then $500 is a nice price tag too. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Sure. Cause that can be, can give you residual income based on future jobs or collaborations exactly. that you might get from that one video. Exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. Think of it as the big picture, not just that immediate gratification. Correct. Correct. Like you're trying to build a business. You're not just trying to get by month to month. Sure. Yeah. So call, so it's culinary nutrition cuisine. That's kind of your, that's your business. It is. Correct. I'm in the middle of changing it though. Are you? Yes. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> that was what Do I you know slapped what you're on it. Too? Yeah, that's what I slapped <laughs> on when I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm doing this. Let's go. <laughs> so <That's funny>. now <laughs> I hired, like I'm redoing the website and branding and logo and all of that stuff. So hopefully it's going to launch soon, but it's just going to focus more on my name. So it'll be chef abby gelman and then my credentials after there and then we changed the logo um only because if people don't know who i am or know anything about me they don't know what culinary nutrition cuisine is but if they see my name then at least there's kind of a a branding thing there connection yeah Mm -hmm. 
Exactly. So we'll see what happens. But uh, culinary nutrition cuisine will still lead to my stuff. But um, yeah, I'm in the, I'm in the middle you have of it to right shift now. In your business. Yeah. yeah, you have to shift in your business as you evolve. And I love your videos. Like I, Thank you. you know, you were someone that your videos had never been on my radar. And I honestly, I've taken quite a few of your recipes to, to do in my own my own work because I'm like, oh, that's easy and that's delicious. And like your mm. latest, your cookie dough yeah. recipe. Oh my God. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, made that yesterday. It's delicious. delicious. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's so good. But um, I mean, I feel like if there's not dietitians kind of following you that are interested in culinary, I feel like you kind of set the tone for what culinary and dietetics kind of cross and how they meet and your videos are awesome. And people love videos. I mean, yeah. no one will read stuff, but they'll watch stuff. So right. I feel like video is where it's at when it comes with culinary stuff. Agreed. And thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. I obviously spend most of my time on you recipes spend a lot and videos. Of time. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You spend a ton of time. You have to. Because yeah. I'm, I'm assuming you're in the kitchen, like, or doing that for a full day or two every month. Oh, when I film? Yeah, we film one day a month. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, we've been doing it so long now. I think we've filmed 24 times in two years. Well, in two and a half years, 24 times. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, we've got it like clockwork now cause he and I have been doing it so long, but I make a production packet ahead of time. I usually test everything myself. Um, and then I have everything set to how it goes. So if it's a counter recipe only, or if I have to use the stove or the oven because we have to move the cameras, like it's a whole oh, sure. thing. And then I have someone who comes and helps with social media during that and someone who helps like with the culinary prepping side of that. And then some things, if you think about it, like I have to cook ahead. So if I have a recipe, like a pot roast, I'm not going to film four hours of a pot roast. (laughs) No. (laughs) So like, I think I had three whole pot roast recipes when we filmed it because I tested one and then the day before and cooked one and then cooked one the, the on filming. So I had three separate wow. full pot roast recipes. So like through the magic of television, suddenly it's done. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, people don't think of that though. I oh, mean, yeah. you're right. You probably, I mean, there's a lot of food involved in doing your videos and recipe development. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. It's a lot of work, but <laughs> well, you're fed. Fun. You're fed for. Do you and you do it all in your own home? Correct? I do now. Yeah, I, I'm um, November twenty uh, nine. Uh, November twenty nineteen. I moved. Sorry, twenty eighteen. What year is it? Twenty twenty. Okay. November. Yeah, I've been in my new place for like a year, <laughs> a year and a, and two or three months. Three months. Um. So as soon as I was going from friend to friend. So I live in Manhattan. Oh. So you can't to set up the equipment. I mean, there's three cameras in here, plus a lot of other stuff. It takes a ton of space. So we um, couldn't film in my old apartment. It was like a railroad kitchen. So I had a handful of friends and one restaurant that let me come. So I would kind of take turns. So on the first year of videos, you can see like once I'm in a professional kitchen, another time I'm in this other kitchen. Oh. So I would just rotate through them. But then my new place, I can film here, obviously. So it makes it much easier. We were kind of like our own roaming studio because I had to bring everything <laughs> with me. 
<laughs> but, but, oh, that would be exhausting. Yeah. Oh my god. But no. That's a lot of work. No here. Well, I think it's great that you mentioned that you kind of tapped into a newer videographer, like that was kind of trying to get his own business started. Yeah. That's a great kind of tip. Because I feel like there's lots of people kind of doing that now. So you don't have to go with your first the first contact who's probably super expensive. Right. Maybe there's someone else that might be a better fit that is trying to get their business started too. Yeah, absolutely. Especially because with that, so with us on the creation producing like talent side, we're on the front end, right? Like I have to prep everything ahead and then actually film and then I'm done essentially. Mm -hmm. And then they're on the tail end because they have to go back and edit everything, which takes them a ton of time too. So yeah. If you're hiring someone, those are kind of like the two separate places. But that's also why I tell people not to do it there themselves. And I know people want to try to save money and do it themselves. But editing, cr filming your own videos and then editing them and making sure they look professional is, you know, it's, that's hours and hours of work. Mm -hmm. Do you have a blooper reel? Do you do a blooper we reel? Said, we used to do bloopers, but he said they're a pain to to put together after the fact. So sometimes we do them during the day. Like if you watch, whenever I film, we put up videos and stuff while I'm doing it. So there's usually funny stuff in there. Okay. Um, I do a lot of dancing because I'm like standing around between stuff. Sure. Um, and then sometimes we'll do a lot. We'll like just at this point, like we're trying to try new stuff out. So he got like a Wi-Fi box so we can do live. We can film live and do like an Instagram or Facebook oh. live while I'm filming and he can show three camera angles. Like it's pretty amazing. Oh, cool. so we started that's working awesome. on that and that's pretty fun. But, that's very fun. Yeah. So what is, um, now that Chef Al Abby Gillen is transitioning, what does the future kind of look like for you and your business? I know you're working on a new project with Julie. Yep. Tell me more about that. Um, well, I start in 2019, I started doing a lot of work um, helping other diet. Like I always got a lot of questions from other dietitians about culinary stuff. So Julie and I managed to get a four part culinary nutrition webinar with today's dietitian last year. So we did that and we got like each one was a different disease state. So we did diabetes, we did aging, we did GI and um, renal and cancer. And we got two of them over 3000 people tuned in live. And then the oh, other wow. two, awesome. yeah, it was amazing. And then the other two, I think were like 2000 people live and 1500 people live. So, not, and they're all on replay too. They've gotten thousands and thousands of views at this point. So we kind of realized then that, and these were just hour long webinars of us talking about how to have a culinary nutrition, like food first approach for that disease state. And then we filmed videos, recipe videos and, you know, plunked them throughout. So we, decided that like our dietitians and other health professionals clearly want this knowledge and help. So we did a hands-on workshop in July in New York, just to see if, if there was an interest. And it was like a summer in a summer Saturday in July, we got like 12 people, um, wow. which was great. So we are trying to do a whole series of those in New York this year. 
um, geared towards any kind of health professional. So RDs certainly definitely want dietitians, but also doctors and, you know, physician assistants and nurses and PTs, like anyone who gets asked, you know, culinary nutrition stuff should be, you know, should get something out of it. So we've got, I think 10 events set up in 2020. Some of them are hands-on all day workshops and some of them are shorter events that where we're just cooking and kind of talking and teaching some stuff, but nobody has to cook themselves. Um, and then I've ended up getting a lot of speaking stuff around that too. So I think I'm talking at four state meetings in the spring all around um, recipe development and how to do it properly and how to do a culinary demo properly and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And then a couple of physician conferences too, where I'm talking about culinary nutrition. This should be good. That's exciting. Yeah. Yes. She, Abby came to our iOS Academy meeting this past year and did this, the talk on the recipe development, which I know was very beneficial for quite a few of our members. Cause that's what people, I think dietitians, they want that type of guidance right. when it comes to, we all like to cook. We all love food. Yeah. So how can we make it even a bit more professional? So that was a great, great presentation. Thank anyway. you. I'm going to do that <laughs> a couple places and they want me to do a demo in it too, which I'm sad I didn't do one at Iowa. Ooh. But um, yeah, <laughs> it should be fun. Okay. It should be fun. Yeah, that'll be very fun. Um, well, is there, um, is that all those classes, are they on your website or where can we find your upcoming kind of class schedule? Um, the best place we have a whole website for it is culinarynutritionworkshops.com. Okay. So it's got the whole schedule for 2020 up and all the event registration links are there too, in case anyone is in the New York City area or wants to come visit. And also we're taking the the workshops on the road. So if you live in a different state and you know that it would be something that would resonate with other dietitians and health professionals or even consumers, we're happy to, to talk about how to get that done as well, because we know not everyone can come to New York. So. Okay. That's it. Well, and I'll just, I'll put that link in the show notes. So if people have an interest or want to bring it to their state or have an event that they want to host and make that, make you and Julie part of that, that would be really awesome. Thank you. That would be great. Well, I, it's very interesting to follow your journey. I know it's just going to get bigger and better uh, um, I hope because so. I know you. that and how we, <laughs> how we connected through some egg stuff do too. You do some collaborations with different um, egg groups mm -hmm. as well. Yep. I love Egg Nutrition Center. And, that's, and it's always such a good connection to connect your food with the farm. It's oh, like the yeah. best. I think that's a Absolutely. great opportunity for guys. So Absolutely. Well, my dear, I know what are you doing today? Or do you have lots of plan today? Are you cooking today? What's what's on your agenda? Um, today I well I had this. I um <laughs> Julie and I, so because the webinars did so well, we also got our own, well, this is actually another, another plug. Um, we're going to do our own webinars too. So I purchased a software platform for webinars um, and we redid the Today's Dietitian ones and made them more focused on 
whatever the topic was. So we're in the process of re-recording them. And then we're going to offer those oh. also for free. So keep an eye out for that. Oh that will also be on the culinary nutrition workshops.com site. Okay. So we're supposed to record um, culinary nutrition and heart disease today. So we're going to do that. And then I'm getting ready for a workshop. A hands-on workshop is on Saturday. So we're finalizing the recipes and the itinerary agenda and getting groceries, all of that good stuff is happening. Oh my gosh. You are a busy woman. <laughs> you are a very busy woman. <laughs> it's exciting. It's exciting busy to see you. Kind of your I feel like you're kind of pioneering this area of dietetics, which is good. Oh, thank you. For sure. It's I mean, yeah. we definitely need it for sure. So I'm happy to yeah. be focusing on it because hopefully it's helping people, you know, bo- both health professionals and consumers, right? Like if we can get everyone sure. cooking more or have more knowledge, it's only good. Well, that's, I love your take on that. Like you're not, I mean, you're definitely in it for revenue and income, but you're also in it to help people. And I think that's the root. Yeah. That's like kind of the root of your business and kind of, of all your passion when you, when you do. Yeah. I mean, you got to enjoy what you're doing, right? Especially if you're, especially if you have your own business, if you're having your own business just to try to make money because you heard X, Y, or Z makes a lot of money, you're never going to do well because it's so much work and it's so much hustling. Like you have to really enjoy it. For sure. I'm sure you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did all that in the beginning. And you probably oh my that God. you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm doing all this now for who knows what will happen in the next two years. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I mean, and the, I don't do as much private chef work now as I did in the beginning, but you know, there were there were days where I was doing private chef work every, like Monday through Friday and then doing a bunch of other stuff at night and on the weekends, you know, plus working per diem at a hospital. Like it was insane. And being a and mom. Being and a mom. being a mom. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, you had like three full-time jobs. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And you're still standing. So congratulations. Thank you. I am still standing. And... <laughs> I'll repeat again. I'm a Gen X, so I'm not. I'm not like a a younger, full of life millennial at the moment. I'm weary and old and getting it done. <laughs> no, this is keeping you young. So is your daughter. There you go. Sure. <laughs> well, she's almost thirteen now, which is crazy. She's she's in seventh grade. Oh my I gosh! Know. Yeah, she'll definitely be keeping you young from here on out. <laughs> You're going to have to keep up with that. I know. I know. <laughs> All right. So I, I want to end with my hard questions. Um, share with me some of your favorite foods or foods that you enjoy. Ooh. I actually <laughs> like that question better. People usually ask me what my favorite thing to cook is. And that I can't answer because I have to cook too much stuff for oh. other people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But the favorite foods I enjoy, you know, they're funny. We make air pop popcorn all the time. So like Mm. favorite snack is air pop popcorn and we use butter here, butter and salt. Yeah. Um, That's like a basic, basic. (laughs) Um, I love that you have an air popper. I have one too. It's like 20 years old. And I'm like, (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, mine is like from my parents' kitchen yes. back in the like early nineties. Yes. It's awesome. You can't buy good ones anymore. Nobody has. No, them. you can't. <laughs> That's great. Um, it's part of what we cook. We eat a lot of like rice and beans and chicken. I know that's kind of boring, but um my daughter will open a can of beans and make her own vinaigrette and eat it for like a snack. So we do oh a lot gosh. of that. Like we do a lot of rice and beans and roasted vegetables and um chicken and fit. like I do a lot of basic stuff, like a lot of plain roasted things because again, like I mean you've seen my videos. Nobody wants to cook for two hours on a Wednesday night, no. not even me. So you know, like everything is pretty straight. A lot of, a lot of chili. We make up, I throw a lot of stuff in a pot and then just eat it all together. Yeah. Cause you get all your food groups exactly. in one swing. So it's like perfect. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like most of our stuff is Mediterranean style, I guess. But, um, yeah, it's Which you have basic. a cookbook in. I do. No. It's Mediterranean dash diet. Yeah. yeah. So that, and that, like that book is very reflective of kind of how I eat on a regular basis. Like there's definitely recipes in there that I just do every week. And so wrote them down kind of thing. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. There's some, I love your salmon in there. Too. Oh, good. Yeah. That one's been around forever with the orange glaze or something. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. Like that's what, I'm not a big salmon lover, but I do like that recipe a lot. Thank you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, share with me some beverages that you enjoy. Scotch. <laughs> Scotch. There's that culinary girl right there. Scotch. Some hard liquor. Yep. Chef, Chef Abby. Scotch, neat, and um, half of ice and like wheat beer. Um, otherwise, I drink a lot of tea. Like I have, um, I probably have at least two or three pots of tea during the day. Like, you know. Uh, huh. like an herbal one. Just black tea? No, in the morning, herbal. maybe I'll have, I have coffee and then maybe a couple hours later I'll have some black tea, but then I'll have like a green tea or a peppermint tea in the afternoon and then some kind of like chamomile or herbal wind down drink at night. So I do a lot of that. Like, kind of, yeah. Yeah. Kind of exactly. You need that after your scotch benders that you have. So all my scotch benders. Yep. You know it, girl. I don't know when you have time for that, but uh, do you have um, a favorite scent or smell? I really like pine tree smells, like Christmas tree smells. Like I guess. Yeah. Um, and then. Like that's a big one. And then like a lavender, like nighttime essential oil situation. Mm-hmm. Usually I find mm-hmm. pretty calming. Mm-hmm. Do you like listening to certain things, music or anything that you enjoy that way? I do. I usually always have music on when I'm cooking and it's funny. It's either musical theater because we go to all the shows in New York. Like we're big yeah, everything I've seen so much. So sometimes I put on just like the best Broadway tunes or a certain Broadway show, or I really like classic rock or grunge rock. So like Nirvana, all of that stuff. <laughs> that was my, <laughs> that was my high school, college years. So 
yeah. all of that stuff <laughs> and Led Zeppelin, all of that kind of thing. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I will not have to have something to dance to while you're in the yeah, kitchen. Right? Exactly. Dance parties in the kitchen. Exactly. <laughs> if I'm doing work at the computer, which I, I have trouble sitting down for a long periods of time, but I can't do anything with words in it. Like that always happened from the time of working in finance and stuff. So I will listen to like classical oh. music maybe, but if it has words in it, I get too distracted. <laughs> You just try. You're like you start yes. singing and jam out. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and what brings you joy in life, Abby? Um, cooking definitely. Um. Oh, what else? I like running. Like I'm a runner, and and do like. Some sort of cardio, I guess, mostly running, some spinning. So that actually helps me a lot. I think that brings me joy because I get a little almost like time to myself and not doing work and can kind of get some brain space back. So I do enjoy that. That's so important. Yeah. Because I'm sure your brain is on all the the time, time. like every day. Yeah. Yeah. You probably do need a brain. Yeah. For sure. Well, it was so lovely ch- talking with you, Thank and I you. hope I hope we get to see each other in person again sometime in the near Agreed. future. And thanks for thanks for all you do for us. Oh, Thank you. Thanks for having me. It was fun. I love talking to you. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with the amazing Chef Abby. She has so many great things going on in the culinary nutrition space. Her videos and recipes are awesome. So is her cookbook. It's called The Mediterranean Dash Diet. So if you want to kind of know more about what she cooks at home, that's a great place to find some of her recipes. Head on over to the show notes to connect with her and learn more about her in-person culinary opportunities. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.